Okay, so we are starting a new series tonight entitled Alone in the Dark because it's October and it's the month of scary stuff. And so we're going to talk about uh, different scary stories in the Bible. And I believe October is five weeks. So uh, we'll go through different scary stories, different uh, things with demons, ghosts, etc. Uh, and, and what they mean to us, why they're in the Bible, all of that. And so this week we are going to start with a ghost story. And this is 1 Samuel 28, 3 through 20. Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him. He was buried in Ramah, his hometown, and Saul, this is King Saul, had banned from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. So basically, to under explain this part, King Saul was the king who um, eventually died because he went after David. He's the one that was made king, Israel's first king. He was a really good king for a while. He followed God. And then little by little, he started to get jealous of David. He started to get jealous of other people. He started to get prideful. Uh, he, he really pulled a Solomon in a lot of ways. And he got very angry and hateful and stopped listening to God. And so now everything's kind of fallen down around him. Uh, and he, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's afraid he's going to lose his kingdom. He's afraid that everything is going to go poorly. Uh, he, he's afraid that it's basically like the Bengals coach right now. Like he feels like everything is just falling apart and he has no idea what to do and, uh, give it to me. I'm not going to have that many times this year to be happy for the Titans. So, uh, Samuel was the prophet. Now Samuel is who put him, who was God's prophet, who brought King Saul into the throne. And uh, it's not that he gave him the power, but God talked to him and God gave him power. God gave Samuel uh, all of these things to say. And so Samuel went and said, hey, Saul, you're going to be the king. And so Samuel was his advisor. As Samuel lived, Saul stopped listening to him because, again, he only was listening to himself and he only cared about what he thought. But Samuel was the prophet of God. Samuel had uh, a great relationship with God in terms of people at that time. And so he, he knew everything about what God would say. He knew everything about how to get back in God's graces, but he was dead. And so a medium, which Saul has outlawed, is somebody you've probably seen on TV and stuff. They say that they can call the dead. They like will use a Ouija board or like a seance or something, and they say they can talk to ghosts and bring them in and all that stuff. You've probably seen stuff like that. So that's where we are right now. The Philistines, that's the enemies of Israel, set up their camp at Shuram. And Saul gathered all the army of Israel and camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots uh, or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium so I can go and ask her what to do. His advisors replied, there is a medium at Endor. Uh, with the Ewoks. And so Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home at night, accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to the man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? So just to get to what King Saul is doing, um, he's terrified because he's led Israel into this situation they shouldn't be in because God said, hey, you need to get right. You need to pay attention to me. You need to do the right thing. You need to help the country. Look to me. You need to help your people. You need to follow my guidelines. And he's like, nah, I do what I want. YOLO. And so he stopped paying attention to him. And now he's in this battle with this giant army. And he looks around and he's scared. And so now he goes to God. It's kind of like Jonah who was turning from God. But then when he's in the whale, he's like, oh yeah, God, I need you. And so Saul is in this position, but God is not answering him. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God is never going to answer him. It means that he, God said, hey, you're on your own for this. You, you said you could do this, then go do this. Prove me wrong, basically. And so Saul, in order to try to get God to pay attention to him, 
goes against another of his laws. And so he had outlawed mediums and all of that stuff. And so he's like, I'm going to go talk to a medium. So he disguises himself, even though he's the king, because he made the law and he was afraid of everybody seeing anything. And so are you trying to get me killed? The woman demanded. You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all who consult the spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, you've deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid. Uh, the king told her, what do you see? I see a God coming up from the earth, she said. What does he look like, Saul asked. Uh, he is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized it was Samuel and he fell to the ground before him. So basically, first, if you've ever been like, hey, do ghosts exist? I don't know. The Bible just talks about a ghost and it says that they exist. This is a very different case. This doesn't mean they exist all the play, all the time. That doesn't mean ghost hunter shows are real. But it means that in this case, somebody came back from the dead. Somebody came back from heaven. Why? We'll see in a second. But basically... Uh, Saul is calling Samuel because he wants him to give him the answer. He wants him to tell him, how can I get back on the right track, but not do anything that I don't want to do. So basically he's like, hey, my life really sucks and I've made a lot of bad choices. I really want it to be good again, but I don't want to go against any of my choices. I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. Um, the reason I want to talk about this for a second before we go on to the ghost stuff, uh, in life sometimes you will get caught in this... Uh, slide of doing something like say you cheat or you lie or uh, you sneak out or you do something that you know is wrong and then to cover that up you have to lie again or you have to tell a different story and then you keep adding sin on top of it you keep adding lies on top of it you keep adding bad things on top of it because you're like well I'm already in this path I got to keep messing up I got to keep doing this I got to keep going this way I have to make them like me I have to make him care about me I have to make her care about me whatever it is and you keep going and going and going and then all of a sudden you're not who you used to be because you've completely changed because all of this stuff is changing you and that's where Saul is Saul was actually a really good king like he truly loved God he was chosen for a reason uh, and he followed God he led his people the right way and so he was on the right path, but then he really liked it. He liked being the king. He liked being in charge. He liked uh, having all the answers. He liked having all the power, all the riches, all the glory, all of that. And then when uh, other people started to come along, all he started to care about was, what if I lose it? What if I lose it? You see this in politics a lot. Like, I think a lot of people get into Congress or whatever, get into politics for the right reasons, for the most part. They want to change. They're like, I'm not going to be like that person. I'm not going to be like the people before me. I'm not going to be corrupt, etc. But then they start accepting money or then they start thinking, well, I need to get reelected before I change something. I need to get reelected. And so it becomes less about serving people and more about getting reelected. And so that's where Saul is. He could have just continued to be a good king and then he would have been fine. Like everything would have been fine. But he wanted to change who he was because he wanted to hold on to it. And we do that sometimes. Sometimes you really want to hold on to the popularity. Or you want to hold on to your spot on the team or you want to hold on to your life as it is. You want to hold on to your money. And by doing that, you're kind of squeezing it. And then you start to look for people, not that will tell you the truth, not that will give you the right answer, but that will tell you what you want to hear. You want them to say, oh yeah, that's right. That's exactly how you should act. That's cool. And because 
often when we ask people, uh, hey, what should I do in this situation? We don't actually want their opinion. We want them to say, oh, exactly what you think. And that's what Saul was. He didn't want Samuel to come back and say, hey, you need to do this and this and this. He wanted Samuel to come back and be like, Saul, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And so he's going against all of these laws. He's going against all of these rules. He's going against like the supernatural order and life and death and all of these things. And so we get to the end here. Um, Why have you disturbed me by calling me back? Samuel asked Saul. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me, since the Lord has left you and has become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would. He has torn the kingdom from you and given it to your rival David. The Lord has done this to you today because you refuse to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. Uh, What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow, and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring down the entire army of Israel in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words. Uh, He was also faint with hunger, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. So Saul is a real tragedy. If you're familiar with the term tragedy from like Shakespeare plays or things like that, Um, it's like Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy where they really love each other because they met each other once and they went on a date and so they super are in love and it's perfect true love and then uh, one of them thinks the other is dead and so they each kill each other like they kill themselves and it's a tragedy like it's very sad Hamlet is a tragedy like different things like that Saul's actual life is a tragedy because he had everything he needed to be a good king just like David was like he had all of this and when you look at David David still screwed up he did a lot of bad stuff too but he was willing to say hey I did bad stuff I want to change it Saul had that opportunity right here instead of calling a ghost back instead of going to a medium instead of going on a ghost hunt uh, he could have said God I am very sorry and I'm going to accept the consequences but then I'm going to get right instead he's like okay so I've really messed this up. I stopped paying attention to God, and I started just being egotistical and, and smelling myself, and I started just caring about what I thought, and I'm really prideful. Uh, I'm going to get somebody who is dead to come and tell me that I'm okay, so then I don't have to change, and then God's wrong. And so he's doing that, and so he keeps compounding things. He keeps building this snowball effect of one sin leads to another sin, to another sin, to another sin. Maybe, like I said, you've been in a situation like that where you've told your parents something that you know isn't true, and then you're afraid that somebody else is going to come along and share them so you have to tell that other person something that's not true and then all of a sudden you can't remember who you told stories to and you can't remember your story um you can kind of see it if you try to be a different person at church than you are in life than you are at home than you are at work than you are at sports or band or whatever else and you try to be a different person in each of these places you're always looking over your shoulder and always afraid and so that's where Saul is like he's trying to find somebody to just say yes just say you're right you don't have to change but we always have to change like we can all do better the best person in the world that you can think of can do better and like I said with David he was one of the best people in the world and he still screwed up but what separates him from Saul and then Solomon from Saul before him and then Solomon after him is he was willing to say he screwed up and he changed Saul is going so far away from who he was that now he's calling a ghost back and the ghost is not going to lie to him. Samuel is not going to lie to him because he came from heaven. And he's like, dude, you know what's right and you're going to pay the consequences. And everybody could have told Saul that's what he's going to say because that's what he said to him before he died. 
uh, is kind of like the, the rich young man who went along to Jesus. And he's like, hey, I followed all the commandments my whole life. Now what do I do? Uh, he didn't want Jesus to say, go do this. He wanted Jesus to say, whoa, dude, you followed all the commandments. You're amazing. You're the top of the list of the disciples. You're good. Because that's what we want sometimes. We want people to say, you don't have to work hard. Like, what do I have to do to get to the top of the band or to the top of the tennis team? What do I have to do to get an A? What do I have to do to... Uh, get this whatever I want, this job, this relationship, whatever. We want people to say, oh, just go ahead and do it. Like, you got it. You're good. You don't have to change. But in truth, we have to do better. We have to try harder. We have to be kind. We have to treat people like we'd want to be treated. We have to show love. We have to work hard. You have to practice. Uh, you have to do all of these different things to study. And Saul wanted to get past all of that. He wanted to turn to the back page of the math book and get the answer. But he wanted it to be the answer that he wanted, not the actual answer. And so it's cool that there's a ghost and it's cool that it's almost Halloween and ghosts exist and blah, blah, blah. But what's sad is the tragedy that all Saul had to do at any point in this story, at any point in his life before he died, was stop and say, I don't know everything. I actually don't know everything. And if he'd done that just once, then his life could have changed. Now, he still wouldn't have been king forever because David was meant to be king, but he could have lived and he could have been an advisor. He could have done something to help God. But instead, he just kept going farther and farther away. If you find out that you've messed up, you find out that you've done the wrong thing, you find out that you've done something that your parents are going to blow up at, like you've done something real bad, like you took the car out and you wrecked it, or you hit a pole, or you did something just awful that is going to come back, you failed a class, you, you skipped school, something bad, like whatever the worst thing you can think of, you've done that, the temptation is to double that up and not tell your parents, not ask for help. It's just like, well, I'm going to fix it myself. I'm going to fix it myself. I'm going to find a way out. But then it gets worse and worse and worse, and that's where Saul is. So whatever it is you ever do, first, know that God still loves you and know that you have a chance to come back from that. But second, know that your parents or, or me or Rob or whoever else in your life, like, will help you. Like, will listen. Don't keep doing the bad thing on top of the bad thing on top of the bad thing. Do something to, to improve yourself, improve your life. Do something to find God. Don't be like Saul. Don't go looking for ghosts. Like, look for God, and he will help you, because there is never a point while you're alive that you have no more hope, which a better way to say that is as long as you're alive, there's hope. As long as you are going forward, you have a chance to fix things. Whatever the worst thing you can imagine that you've done, that is not the end of your life. You can still get forgiveness. You can still move past that. You can still learn on top of that. You can still get help. So don't keep going. Don't keep building bad on top of bad. Don't keep rolling down the hill of a snowball. Look, stop when you realize, oh, I'm going the wrong path. Stop and say, okay, I need to fix this. I'm going to accept the consequences. It's going to suck, but I'm going to accept them. And I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to be better. Because that is always going to be the better path. And David shows that. And Saul shows the opposite of what happens. So just do your best and know that you're not perfect. But God loves you no matter what you do. And so know as long as you're alive, there's hope. As long as you're alive, he will help you to find a way through whatever it is you have to go through because nobody else is perfect either. But you can go forward. You can be better. You can have help. All you have to do is stop and admit, hey, I need it. That's all I got.